Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. morning, everyone. Welcome to you all. Good to see you. Those of you joining us online, happy to see you here with us as well. We are in our Fixer Upper series where we are trying to make sure that our spiritual house is in order, taking stock, uh, inventory, if you will, on where we are at with regard to doctrine. And for some of us, it is a tune-up. It's coming along and doing some maintenance for others of us. Maybe you are actually setting the foundation. This is all new to you, and you've made a recent connection, a step of faith in Christ, and you're setting the foundation for what we believe, and this is helping to do that, and I hope that it is, in either respect, being beneficial for you. Um, last week, we looked at atonement. And then, oh, sorry, in week one, we looked at atonement. Last week, Bruce looked at justification, This morning, we're going to look at sanctification. And if you didn't catch Bruce's message from last week, you really need to go back and look at that message. It was a super message on justification. And and, and Bruce always has these amazing personal anecdotes, doesn't he? They they just make his messages so interesting. And he just pulls us right in with that. And and honestly, like I I was listening to that, and I I was feeling just a little bit dejected. Because I never have those kind of personal anecdotes, you know, and I was feeling just sort of, you know, a little bit, little bit disappointed, envious maybe even as I, as I thought about it. And I went home and actually talked to Fran about it. And, and I said, you know, man, Bruce has got these great anecdotes for his messages. And, and, and I said, you know, just made the point that a good wife would help me <laughs> with that. And, and so I said, like, you know, would, so could you just go out and break something? And, and Fran just looked at me sweetly and said, I could break you. <laughs> that wasn't really what I had in mind. And so the long and the short of it is, there's no cool anecdotes for you today. <laughs> okay, let's, let's pray, and then we'll dive into this whole area of sanctification. Father, this morning, again, we thank you for this time. We thank you... Lord, for the blessing that it is to be able to come together here today and to be able to spend some time focused on you. And by your Spirit, God, I would pray that you would help us to understand you better, that you would help us to understand our position in you today better, so that we would be able to then go out and live that position out in the world around us. And so to that end, we just commit this time. We ask for your blessing upon it. We ask all of these things by way of your son, Jesus Christ. And so in his name I pray, and for his sake alone. Amen. All right. Sanctification. So for those of us that aren't familiar with the term, what it means is this. Millard Erickson defines sanctification as the continuing work of God in the life of believers, making them actually holy. Okay? 
So sanctification is the continuing work of God in the life of believers, making them actually holy. So justification, then, just as a bit of a review, is this once-for-all declarative act of God as judge, whereby he declares us right with him, that we are right in, his, in our relationship with him, we are right before him in our relationship with him. Whereas sanctification is a progressive change in the character of the person justified towards holiness. So we're declared justified. But our sanctification is this progressive change in the character of the person justified towards holiness. Now, as we're talking about this whole idea of being sanctified, which is to say made holy, it's important to be clear this morning on the standard to which we are being made holy. Because in this world today, it is not hard to discover different estimations, different evaluations of what is perfect and pure. For example... Livestock are considered to be purebred with at least 87.5% DNA from the foundational herd. All right, so the standard there for a purebred is 87.5%. Others of us will remember that ivory soap is 99 and 44 one-hundredths pure. 99 and 44 one-hundredths pure. They've upped the ante a little bit from livestock. And gold ups the ante again. Gold is considered pure at 99.95%. So if we can hit that 99.95%, we've got pure gold. But this morning, as we're talking about sanctification, we need to understand that God's standard is to make us 100% pure. 100% perfect before Him. Therefore, he is at work conforming us into the image of Jesus, which is God's standard of perfection. 100% pure. He's not going to settle for 87.5. He's not going to settle for 99 and 44 one-hundredths. He's not going to settle for even 99.95. His objective is to turn you and I into the standard of Jesus today. We find that in Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. There Paul tells us that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. 
that he, that is Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So as God is working our our sanctification today, he is turning us into the image of Jesus Christ. His plan is to make us holy like Jesus is holy. And in that now, we understand, we begin to see why good is not good enough. The world tells us that what our objective is, what our goal should be, is to somehow be good enough for God. That we should look at our lives and that we should just try to do enough that we would be considered good enough by God. And the fact is, is that we cannot be good enough for God without God then coming alongside of us and working in us to bring us up to the standard that He has for us, which is His Son, Jesus Christ, and Him alone. So as we come into this, we have to recognize that that's the bar, that's the goal, that's the measure, is Jesus. But we need to go on a little bit further in Romans 8. We can't stop at 28 and 29. We also need to look at verse 30. And here we find something very interesting and very important. Romans 8.30 says, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. All right? So this morning, for the sake of what we're talking about, and to see the significance here, we need to understand what is meant here by glorified. And F.F. Bruce helps us with that. Bruce says that sanctification is glory begun. And glory is sanctification consummated. All right? So, glory is sanctification consummated. It's sanctification in its fullness. And we need to go back and look at verse 30 again. Now, understanding that. Understanding that glory is sanctification fully accomplished. And listen to that verse again. And those He predestined, those again that God predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. What's the point here? It's past tense. Past tense. So Paul is telling us this morning that as you and I place our faith in Jesus Christ, that we are justified, done deal. And we are also glorified, done deal. Which is to say that our sanctification has been accomplished in its fullness, in its completeness, already by Christ. Now now that's something that should change us at our very core. As we ask the Holy Spirit to bring the, the, the understanding of that to fruition in our hearts and in our minds and then in our lives today. 
Paul is telling us that Christ, in his atonement for us, provided not just for our our justification from God, but also for our total sanctification as well. And here then, we discover a theme that we find throughout the New Testament, which is this theme of already and not yet. Already and not yet. Already, we have been sanctified and glorified by God through Christ. It's already done. And yet, we have not fully arrived at that. You and I are still seeing the accomplishment of that in process. Now, how does that work? And at first, that doesn't seem to make sense. We look at this, we read this, and we see, well, somehow this is being brought about in my life, and yet at the same time over here, Paul's telling me it's already done. Well, what does the Bible speaking over top of itself? Scripture's working in opposition to itself. But it's not. Maybe this will help for you. A few years ago, we had some friends that won the McDonald's Monopoly. They got Park Place and Boardwalk on those little stickers. And they won a million dollars. It's true. You can actually win Monopoly. And, and, and I think that actually one of the stickers was on a small, the Boardwalk one was on a small coffee. Which I thought was kind of interesting because who today buys small coffees? So maybe they're pretty smart. Anyway, went in for coffee with his friends that morning. He bought the small coffee, pulls off the sticker. He's got Boardwalk together. They had Park Place and Boardwalk. They went in. They won a million dollars. But here's the thing. The million dollars is paid out to them $50,000 a year for 20 years. All right? So the fact is, they won the million dollars. That is done, it is theirs, but it is coming to them $50,000 a year at a time for 20 years. They are millionaires in process. It is theirs already, but not yet. When it comes to our, understand, our understanding of sanctification, we need to know that it is already ours and accomplished by Christ. So let's start there. And we want to look at this again in Scripture, some other areas of Scripture, so that you don't think I'm just dreaming this up this morning. Let's look at Hebrews 2, verse 11. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Hebrews tells us there that the one, that is Christ, 
who makes people holy and those who are made holy by Christ, made holy, done deal, accomplished, are now on the same level so that Christ is not afraid to call us brothers and sisters. Acts 26, verses 15 to 18. This is the story of Paul's conversion. Paul encounters Christ on the road. And Paul says, Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Sanctified. Done deal. Complete. 1 Corinthians. Now Paul, after having met Christ, is now, now speaking to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, he says this to the, Corinthians at the, the, to the Christians at the church in Corinth. To the church, to, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So he refers, Paul refers to these Corinthian Christians, those sanctified. Not in process, but sanctified completely in the whole. And then Christ Himself in John 17, as He prays, says, or chapter 17, verses 15 to 19, I guess, specifically. My prayer, Jesus says, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. And this is Christ referring to the fact that He is going on now to the cross. And that in that act, as He sanctifies Himself, which is to say as He makes Himself holy by His obedience to the will of God, as He stays within the confines of exactly perfect being, keeping Himself holy in line with who God the Father is, as he sanctifies himself by going to the cross, that he is accomplishing for you and I today our sanctification done. That we would be truly sanctified. So this morning as we talk about our holiness, we need to understand first and foremost that it has been accomplished by Jesus Christ. That as we place our faith in Him, we are now made 
holy. But also, that that is playing out in stages for us day by day. We see that also in Scripture, and I'm just going to go to one place here this morning. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, against the backdrop of this done deal, our sanctification complete, now we're told that that process is being accomplished in us with ever-increasing measures of fulfillment. Day by day, by the Spirit working in us. And it's extremely important that we keep these two things in balance in our lives. That we remember that it's a done deal, but we remember also that it is being accomplished day by day. And to help us to keep that in balance, then Paul goes on to call us to lend ourselves then to this process that the Holy Spirit is engaging in with us, whereby He is turning us into the image of Jesus Christ. He calls us to participate with the Holy Spirit in that. To join the Holy Spirit as He works this out in our lives, as He brings it to full fruition. 1 Thessalonians now, chapter 4, verses 3-8. to There, Paul says... It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lusts like the pagans who do not know God. And, in that, and, and that in this manner, no one should, go, should wrong or take advantage of another brother or sister... The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. So it's God's will that we would be sanctified. And therefore, Paul calls us to take the steps that lead us in that direction. That lend themselves to what the Holy Spirit is bringing about in you and I today. Avoid these things. That we would control our bodies. That we would not engage in the passionate lusts like the pagans do. That we should not wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. Paul then, in Romans 6, verses 17 to 22, goes on, carries that same theme forward. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that is now claimed your allegiance. 
You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life, Paul says, because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Paul carries on in Romans 12, 1 and 2 to exhort us. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says that we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. That we are to be changed by the renewing of our mind, which is to say that we are to lean into the Holy Spirit as He guides us into all truth. And as he does that, then he brings us into the perfect will of God. And the perfect will of God is exactly that. It is perfect for you and I today, which is to say that he makes us holy. And we are called to participate in that with him. Now, as we come to this whole topic of sanctification here this morning, there are a couple of dangers that we need to be aware of. And that's why, again, I say that it's so important that we hold these two aspects of sanctification firmly in view and in balance in our lives. Because the first danger is this, that we would look at the fact that we are already sanctified by Christ, that it is a done deal, and that we would then say, then I have nothing to do with it. And I can live as I so please, because at the end of the day, it's all done I don't have any part, any responsibility on account of what Christ has done for me. I am absconded from everything. And we can go out and live literally like the devil. And that was some teaching way back when. I would say that that's teaching today. So you'll be fine. Just go out and do your thing. But it's not the case. It's not what we're called to as God's people. So we have to keep in mind Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, Paul says, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You and I today need to keep in mind that what we have been given, we are now to steward. Then in light of who Christ is and what He has done, what He has accomplished for us, all that has been given to us is a gift of God by His grace, our salvation and our holiness, that we need to work that out now in fear and trembling, which is to say in honor and respect of God and what He has done. J.J. Miller writes with respect to these verses, we are to work out what God is working in to our lives. We are to work out in our lives what God is working into our lives, that holiness. That we would be a testimony then of what God has done what God has already accomplished, and what He is bringing about now by His Spirit, that we would lean into that, that we would participate in that, so that we would be a testimony to the world around us. And that's exactly what Paul goes on to in the verses 14 and 15, following those verses 12 and 13. Verse 14 and 15, Paul says this, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Which is what God is kind of calling us to do. That we would be a testimony for Him to Him in the world around us as we live for Him, as we live holy lives, as we lend ourselves to the Spirit of God working in us to change us to whereby we follow God and His will for His his good and perfect will instead of chasing the lusts of this world like the pagans around us do. There's a second danger this morning. And that's this. At times, you and I are tempted to doubt our sanctification. We are tempted to doubt our justification. The accuser comes along and says, no, 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 no. Look at your lives. You haven't been justified. You're definitely not being made holy. And there's a danger that we'll give in to that thought as we look at our lives and as we see ourselves fail. We know our failings. We see that happening day by day. And if we're not careful then... We can lose sight of the fact that this is a done deal, that we are safe and secure in our standing before God and the fact that He is making us holy and one day we will be completely glorified with Him to the point where we begin to doubt our faith, 
to the point where we give up and we give in to the lusts of this world as we question whether this can actually be true, that I'm somehow an exception to this rule, that everyone else that might work for, but with me, I'm still lost. God's sanctification and his justification are not good enough. That somehow it, isn't, it hasn't taken effect for me. We can become discouraged, despondent. We can give up in our faith. We can go back to our old ways. This morning, we need to again listen. Listen to Paul as he speaks into our lives. Philippians 4 verse 13. Paul encourages us. I can do all this through him who gives me such strength. I can do all things, another version says. By God who gives me strength. This morning, you are not lost. Your sin has been overcome, and you can overcome it in your life as we participate with the Holy Spirit. God has given us that strength. It is ours as we tap into it. So don't be discouraged. Even as we fall, even as we trip, get up and continue on. Keep going. And God will realize that strength in you day by day. In Philippians 1 verse 6, just a little bit before this, Paul says, being confident of this. Being confident of this, which is to say, hey, we need to be confident of this as well, along with him. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Which is to say for you and I today, even though we fall, even though we fail, that God has not failed. And he will not fail. And he is going to bring about what he's told you is in place. Which is to say your holiness. And he will continue to complete that with you and in you day by day until one day you stand before him perfect. Just like Jesus, a brother and sister with Christ himself. Joint heirs of God. Don't let the accuser get you down today. Don't let Satan blow in your ear and tell you that you're anything less than you already are, a child of God. Remind yourself daily with Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This morning, a lot better than the likes of me have said this before, I'm afraid though that we are not living in either our justification or our sanctification. That the church today that we've lost track of our justification that we are declared right before God. And we've lost track also of our sanctification that we are made holy and that we are being made holy day by day by the Holy Spirit. And we're living in the security of neither of them. And we need to get back to that. We need to be reassured of that. We need to understand that and internalize that so that we can wear our faith proudly 
That we not look down, that we not be timid and ashamed to count Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and then share that with the world around us. That we would be secure in our justification. That we not, that we not live in doubt about whether or not I'm going to make it. But that we would be confident and assured that we are now been brought in, that we've been adopted by God into His family, and that, that by His declaration, which no one else can question or over supersede, that we are now good with Him. That we are on perfect terms with Him through Jesus Christ. We are his kids. He loves us. And he won't abandon us. So as we go out into this world around us where we see all these things going on, all the things that are happening, the things that would be so fearsome if it weren't for who Christ is and what he has done, that we can face those things, that we not have to shrink, but that we can face them head on and actually back them down, not us. That we can be a force for God today in our world by the strength of the Holy Spirit working in us and to bring about what Christ has already accomplished. This morning, what Christ has accomplished for each one of us that has put our faith in Him and what the Spirit, the very thing that He is working out day by day is yours. It's yours. Now and forevermore. So forget McDonald's monopoly today. Forget it. We are spiritual millionaires in Christ Jesus. We are spiritually rich, which dwarfs anything else this world has to offer. And take that to the bank. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we've heard from you now through your word, I pray, I trust. Would you now change us? Would you now work in us by your spirit to turn us into these people that we are by virtue of your son and what he has done? Grow us, God. Assure us. Give us confidence, boldness to stand as who we are and to live as who you've called us to be and who you're working in us already to accomplish. That we might shine like stars in the world around us. And that as we do, then, that we would have the opportunity to point more and more people to Jesus. For I ask these things all now, and in his name, for his sake, amen. Thanks for coming, everyone. Thanks for joining us online. Let's all plan to be here next week, and we're going to talk about one more area of doctrine, reconciliation. I'll see you then.